Welcome to the Cricket's Sidecar, where we go a little further into a story of note with the person who wrote it. Hi there, welcome to Sidecar. I'm Erica Brown, the editor and publisher of the Manchester Cricket. And I'm here, I think this is our third week in a row, Chris. I'm here with Chris McGinn. She is the features editor of... I got that right. Features editor. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> you gave me a look. Like, I, I was like, uh, no, you are the features editor of the Manchester Cricket. Hold on. You Sorry. lucky girl. I know. I love my job. <laughs> hey, so, Chris. Hi. Good to see you again. And yes, we're on a roll. We're, we're, we're go team. We're, we're consistent. Okay. Now, I, I like the fact that we have been doing the last couple of weeks, we've been sort of going through the paper. Yeah. In sort of a natural way and yeah. just having a discussion about it as if you and I were just sitting here having coffee, which we are. <laughs> right? We are. We should. But anyway, I think we should do this again this week. Are we yes. going to do it again? I like it this way. I like it this way. I like going through the paper and right. winging it. <laughs> well, here we are. I was just going to say that. You, okay. I was going to say, yeah. just so that people know, mm-hmm. we don't really, we haven't talked about what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> and that's kind of the magic. And I'm going to ask you just as a thing. What did you like about the paper, or how do you want to discuss the paper? <laughs> okay, so I liked a lot of things about this week's paper. I say we go through it, and I'm just going to sort of throw things your way, and let's see how you do. How oh you my do god! Them. We're bingo. just bingo. Yeah, we're bingo. Gonna, exactly. We're doing cricket bingo, folks. Yeah. B i n g o. Right. All right. I, I, so, I'm down with that for sure. So that's a very interesting addition this week. So. It really is, and there's there's a lot of fun things. The first. And by uh, the way, did you want to ask about? Uh, do you want to talk about Valentine's Day? Well, you know, <laughs> I did. But I couldn't remember if we, honestly, this says something, if we talked about it last week. We did. Did you have a nice Valentine's Day, Erica Brown? I had a very nice Valentine's Day, even though it happened on a Tuesday night, which is, there was a Conservation Commission meeting. My Valentine's Day was, <laughs> I didn't attend it. Wow. <laughs> I felt badly for the Conservation Commission folks. Oh, yeah. Russ. Dave Lumsden, Steve Gang. <laughs> They were together. <laughs> I love those guys. You, you, yes, you stood them up. I was not with them. Oh, <laughs> I did well, not hey, participate. In that's saying it. something. But it, no, in all seriousness, it was nice. It was really oh, nice. Good. It was quiet and nice. Okay, good. Perfect. You? It's good. You know, I, quiet had a, and nice? I had a lovely Valentine's Day. It was, it was broken into pieces of sort of family and kids partner and, and kids. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. there was a little, yeah, so this and that. But it was, it was honestly, it was very authentic, which I think is the Ooh. challenge with Valentine's Day. It's the word of the to decade. To keep it real. Authentic. Authentic, yes. All right. Mindful, probably. Okay. Enough of the niceties. Having said that, I am noticing something (laughs) that is sort of still somewhat new to Manchester, I guess. I love, which is that every year, the paper makes a note when Andrea Ramos is going on vacation. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And by the way, for people who don't really tune in, because it happens only once a year, Andrea Ramos is the proprietor of Manchester Barber, Mm -hmm. and she's a character, a total character. Put it this way, my husband who is in his 60s, has been going to her forever. He doesn't really need to go anymore because he just <laughs> oh, shaves his head. Sorry, but but, um, but he still goes, which but does something Andrew about Ramos, Andrea. Andrew Ramos, from his, his 20s, basically, he's, you know, it's, that's, that's, a, a, that's a common story. My, my husband is not unique. But anyway, the, we put it on the front page. It's right always here. front, front page in the briefs, and the headline is always, Andrea Ramos is going on vacation. <laughs> I love it. And it's noted where she's going to see her grandkids and lots of details. And it is delightful and why we love small right. community papers. I've said this before, and but it is interesting, the kind of the background. I, I, it's worth saying again. The reason why we do that is a funny story. 
Before I took over the paper five years ago, Andrea Ramos used to put an ad in the paper, a small kind of classified type display ad that would say that the barbershop is going to be closed while she's going on vacation, Ah, right? Which is perfectly normal for a small town. Put in a thing. We'll be back on February the 28th or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Well, she actually, I was walking across the street about four years ago, and I'd just (laughs) taken over the paper five years ago, and she goes, Erica, Erica, I've got to send you the notice I'm going on vacation. And I thought she was talking to me like the editor, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is a real small town that she's sending me news that she expects me to put in the paper that she's going on vacation. But in a weird way, I loved it. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to lean right into this. And she's going on the front page. And I I put a front page little brief saying, Andrea Ramos is going on vacation. This is is delightful. I found out years later that it was supposed to be an ad, and I just never knew it. That is so... (laughs) It, it turned out exactly as it was supposed to because so it I is keep delightful. up the tradition because I think it lends flavor to it the totally to does. The paper. It's almost it. as good as reading about Andrea all the Ramos is the, going like, on vacation. Right, yes, yeah, so go. there it is. It. Also, I'm just going to have to throw this out there because my eyes are on it. That since winter break is coming up, I think it's super cool that the Cape Ann Museum is letting kids in for free. Yes, I love the Cape Ann Museum, and, and they have a, a lot of programming around Black History Month, and it's supposed to be really amazing. Actually, yeah. they do that um, every year. Yeah. I think I, I remember they do that every year. Yeah. So Cape Ann Museum, awesome. check it out. Yes. Okay. So obviously the big, big, big hullabaloo, and what I really enjoyed reading about. We learned more about the plans coming up for cell signaling in the limited commercial district, and a little bit more about cell signaling period. So can you walk me through what I'm looking at with the plans here? Yeah. Well, when we're talking about cell signaling, we're talking about the Combs family. The, um, Michael Combs is the president of cell signaling. His father uh, started New England Biolabs, which is another biotech company on the North Shore of Boston that is a global leader in what it does. And it's a Great privately company. held company. So it's a closely yeah. held company. People don't know that the revenues are. They don't know really what do, There's a lot of mystery around them. What do they do? Right. They just do things we don't understand. <laughs> but are important. <laughs> but and in New England Biolabs, if you remember Charlotte... Um, Lawrence. Charlotte Lawrence, who does not-so-ordinary medicine. She's a high school student and very, very sharp. Yeah. Sharp, <laughs> as like, we say we like here, right? <laughs> she interviewed a scientist at New England Biolabs for a, Q, yeah, for a Q&A. And we learned a lot about New England Biolabs there. And one of the things we learned is they have Nobel laureate um, scientists on staff yeah. and more than one of them. They, they've definitely, they're in the upper echelons of science and biotech. And um, I talk about New England Biolabs only because they are, a, an, let's call them an older cousin company to Cell Signaling. Yes. Cell Signaling is an independent company, but they're connected. So Cell Signaling... Last year, they purchased just under 50 acres of land in the limited commercial district in Manchester. So off Upper School Street, it includes the Manchester Athletic Club. So most people think the Manchester Athletic Club and the Brady Industrial Park, which is Cape Ann Storage next mm-hmm. door, are the only two things back there on right. Atwater Avenue. Uh, you know, you turn in at Utopia Farms, it, Utopia Farms stand, and you go all the way to the end. Well, it's actually 50 acres. It abuts two things, the Brady Industrial Park and the Trustees of Reservation Lands, which includes the monoliths, the old Agassiz Rock. So I see it loops that's, back And in. it goes, it's like a pie-shaped or almost a, a long, deep uh, piece of property. Okay. It's, it's actually technically two parcels. Not that that's relevant. I mean, they, they, they always want to make that distinction. Well, it was two parcels bought through an affiliate of, of us, you know, a holding company. I'm okay. like, uh, okay. <laughs> 
It's a little different. I guess that's noteworthy. It's still, it's still not 50 acres. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's 50 acres mm-hmm. and it's the same people buying it, right? <laughs> so they purchased it last year. What people don't ever realize is there's an old gravel pit uh, behind it. I didn't until it came up in the paper. Yeah. yeah it's an old and people act like it's quarry. sort of, uh, it's an old quarry yeah. gravel pit where they've been kind of blasting and pulling gravel out of there for decades and decades. And it's been going on right up until recently. It's not sort of like, oh, it was abandoned in the seventies. Um, no, it's okay. been operational for a while. So it's sort of what would be considered a scarred piece of property. Um, and so cell signaling purchased this land last year just before they actually finalized the purchase, they had already gone to the planning board at the very beginning of last year. So we're talking the very beginning of 2022. Mm -hmm. They went to the planning board and said, we want to build something there. Mm -hmm. They hadn't purchased the land yet, but they had pretty much come to an agreement to purchase the land from Anthony Simboli, who owned the land and owned the MAC and ran the MAC. And what they said is, we're not going to do it unless the bylaw is changed to include laboratory use, because otherwise it's a non-starter. So the town had to um, pass that at town meeting a year ago now at the annual town meeting. And it passed overwhelmingly. So okay. that was a pretty good indication that people were knew it was coming and were okay with it. Yeah. Right? Open. So what happened this past week was that cell signaling came to the planning board informally, although they asked for two hours. They didn't need it, though. It ended up being about maybe an hour. And let me tell you, it was an unbelievable team that showed up. And they showed up with a lot of detailed renderings that anticipated everything that people would ask for, which was very interesting. So first of all, I'll tell you, it was a site plan that had two buildings on it. And a third building, a third structure, which was a a parking garage. But what is very important to know is the buildings, they look like almost NSA, like the NSA headquarters in Reston, Virginia. Completely. They're sort of compoundy looking. Yeah, they're like a block, modern block. They look like they might be modern glass that you'd see down in, you know, some corporate park. That's not what it is. That's literally the architect's way of just blocking out, literally, the mass and the placement of the... It's not a design of the building. Good to know. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, obviously they've hired these top architects, so and also, I was by a bit the way, surprised. Yeah, well, that leads into the, the architects. The truth is, my my philosophy personally, not that it's relevant, but my, my <laughs> philosophy on design and architecture is that, first of all, it's incredibly important. It's the difference between mm. something you love and something you hate. And you, if you hate it, you think you find all these other reasons to hate it. Oh, I think it's going to be terrible for traffic. Oh my God, it's environmentally sensitive. You know, you come up with all these reasons why you don't, it doesn't, oh, my favorite, it doesn't work with the character of the town or its oh, surroundings, right, right, right. right? But if you have something that is excellent architecture, it's beautifully designed. And that includes environmental design, by the way. Oh, yes, which then, I'm very excited then to get Then you to. can actually, your threshold for what you can handle goes way up. And by the way, number two, good design, in my experience, is almost always uncomfortable at first. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. You almost, if you like something incredibly, if you go, yeah, that's ah, awesome. Because it's... it's Right at the beginning, you're too comfortable with it. It's something that probably is the lowest common denominator. There you go, right? You're not it's pushing what you're your, used to. your yeah. sense at all. Yeah, yeah that's so, a good, I think that's a So I point. say that not because I know anything they're going to do, it's but but I like to keep my eyes, my, my I like to stay open mm-hmm. 
Because especially if you have a really good team that is much better than I could ever be (laughs) doing the work, I'm going to trust that they are good at their jobs. So that leads into the team. Did you see the team that they brought in? The team that they brought in looks like, I I honestly, I cannot wait to see it. It looks like it's going to be exquisite. And if kind of backtracking a little bit, I have known that the old, even the old cell signaling space was amazing. Mm -hmm. So they have a great eye for these things, but also the ethic around it, bringing in local art and then the environmental ethic, which is outstanding, going for a net zero space yeah. going for... Well, they for said ne- near net zero. Near net zero, which I understand. I think... Um, the uh, green technology that they have is just really... It was part of the um, the brief that they gave yes. the architect, and the architect um, is an amazing architect. He just... One of the things he happened to mention, he just completed this uh, building at MIT. Yes. Which is... It's called the MIT.nano building. They just unveiled it, like, literally weeks ago, apparently, like this year, 2023. Mm-hmm. And it is the largest research building in the world. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's platinum lead certified, which is very, very apparently extremely hard to attain. Yes. And it's the best of the best. It's like amazing. I saw pictures of it. It was like incredible. So that guy is designing this place. Right here. I can't wait. So the other thing on the team was um, this guy, Chris Matthews, was there too. He's a principal at um, this landscape design firm in Cambridge, which if you're in the know is like La la la! It's amazing. Um, it's I'm not familiar with it, but it's uh, called Michael Michael Van Halkenberg Associates. I, I hope I said Michael Van Valkenberg Associates. I had to say I want to say Gesundheit. <laughs> anyway, he actually a lot of the presentation was about him because he showed sort of the landscape design. The buildings are actually going to be nestled within the scarred land of the old quarry. So now they are going to probably do blasting. They said they acknowledged that. They were mm-hmm. asked, are you going to do blasting? The, the evil blasting, which, by the way, is not evil. But he also said they're not going to move, remove materials. They're going to cut rock wherever possible. Yes. Um, they're going to plant it. meadows. They're, mm-hmm. they, they're going to tie into the trail system at the tra- trustees and allow the public to come and park off hours and go on, and walk. It also, by the way, has the power to thread the western woods in Manchester and the trail system right up to Cape Ann, which is to the north of there. That's sort of the dream. Ooh. And it's a good one, actually, to have these sort of trails that you can walk through. Oh, um, yeah, it's really kind of interesting. You could seem, not seamlessly, but, you know, walk through, across a couple of streets, walk across School Street, and walk, walk across Pine Street, but get there. Right. So it was great that they were sensitive to that. But they also had, you know, they're going to use geothermal. They're going to use, yes. uh, you know, solar. And we learned something new. They're going to sort of try with this ethic of, which I had not heard of before, having kind of nosed around in this world a little bit, biophilic design. And I looked it up. I think that's like a $10 (laughs) word. No, may I just inform you because we all needed to, we looked it up and we were proofing. It's a concept used within the building industry to increase occupant connectivity to the natural environment through the use of direct nature, indirect nature, and space and place conditions. Oh, that's interesting. And so that's we learned about circadian rhythms, I thought it was all too. about circadian rhythms. Right? Which, which is basically like putting lights light on a timer. <laughs> right. Grow lights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? I think chickens. But anyhow, I think that was wonderful. Having said that, all signs point to just a stellar team and just really trying to do things not just properly, but to set a new standard. This is you. how we should be doing things. I don't think a team of that caliber has ever... 
And I, I'm going to go out on a limb. Ever, ever. In, <laughs> okay. in the history of you Manchester, walked into a meeting at the Manchester Town Hall. The little t- Manchester Town Hall. <laughs> meeting room Probably five not. for the, the yeah. Board of Selectmen <laughs> is where they were meeting for the planning board. So here's where they are. Okay. They kind of opened up, you know, and Michael Combs was there too, and he answered questions. And so basically this was informal. Okay. They didn't have to. They shared a two-phase design plan. If if they go through their approvals, they're going to break ground next year. It'll be done by the end of 2025 for phase one, which is going to house about 240, I think, uh, scientists. Right, right. And it's going to be, I forget the square footage, but it's going to be significant. It's going to be a significant building, over 120,000 square feet, um, maybe 150, maybe uh, it's around there. I, I, I don't even want to say out loud, but it's, it's going to house, you know, 240 or so scientists, nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, then what's going to happen is they have phase two and they shared that, which is really which nice. Is great so they didn't hold that open. back. Yeah. Phase two will be an identical building and it's going to be connected through an atrium. Okay. And then on the other side of the phase two, and this will be on the, and then next to phase one building will also be the parking garage Excellent. with the solar panels on top. Right. And so we're talking about, you know, the phase two is going to be an identical building, which will house roughly the same number. So right. by the time we're done in, I don't know, six years, if this gets approved, I keep on saying, it's kind of like having to use the word allegedly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Allegedly, if this is going to happen, right. allegedly, the alleged. if this is approved, we are looking at something that after six years will be a facility that will employ upwards of 450 people. Mm. You know, there was some talk uh, last year, you know, uh, the Citizens Initiative for Manchester Housing. No, wait. Citizens Initiative for Manchester Affordable Houses, CIMA. Uh, CIMA. CIMA. They actually had a citizen's petition that they pulled on the floor of town meeting a year ago last fall. So we're talking fall 2021. Okay. And they had like three. And they pulled it for a variety of reasons. But one of them was... Well, one of them was anti-blasting, and the other one, another one of the three, was about a second uh, means of egress for a building over a certain size. Now, if those two things had gone through, this would not be happening, because there's only one means of egress, and that's uh, Atwater Avenue. And, um, you know, I don't know about the blasting. I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not tuned into that. But the egress would have been a non-starter because guess what? How else can you, there's no way out. There's no other way. There's no other way. There's one way in and one way out. The only other way would be, and and actually I I would, I wouldn't underestimate them to make it happen. (laughs) Cell signaling is you could do a ramp onto 128. Ooh. Yeah. Get oh. the state to yeah. get the state the to create exit. a new exactly its own thing. Well, guess what? It's interesting. Do you know where they are right now? Oh right? yes. It's its own exit, it basically. Own There's exit. a housing That's development so behind true. there. But it is. It was for the King's Grant, which was a hotel. Do you know that they're on the site of a hotel? Oh no, I didn't. Oh, it was like an old style, like cool seventies. That's why mm-hmm. it almost smells. You can still smell the chlorine indoor <laughs> pool there, and that sort of carpet. But, but no, they've taken an existing kind of very nice seventies uh, era hotel called the King's Grant, Get which out. was sort of like a um, a hotel slash event space. It's where you would have like weddings and, and okay, uh, yeah, 80th, sure. 80th birthday parties. Right, exactly. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think my father, gatherings. my husband's aunt, Connie, had her 80th birthday party <laughs> at the King's Grant Hotel. And um, so that's where they are, and it's its okay. own exit. And, but they've transformed it into this oh, incredible space yeah. that is indoor, outdoor. They've essentially got an indoor rainforest there. Yes, it feels like an indoor yes. rainforest. So it's amazing. Yeah. Guess what? 
it has its own exit on 128. Well, then, it's so, good to know that was probably plan B. If anybody will think that way, it's them. <laughs> and they can do it. And it'll be beautiful. Listen, I don't want to, I, I, I don't know if whether it's going to mm-hmm. go through or not. The, the reception from the um, the planning board was they were purring like kittens, as oh. far as I could tell. Like, I, I they, they there's no I mean, there's no trouble in paradise there. Yes. But I will say... If it happens, and I have no vision on whether or not what what what's in the future, whether somebody's going to protest it, whether they're going to say they shouldn't happen, it's too big, it's too this, it's too that, it's not, it's out of scale, it doesn't belong in the woods, mm-hmm. um, all this stuff. But I will say this: if it happens, it is going to be a total game changer for this region. Absolutely, and I mean, in, I, in nearly think, every way. Yes, I, mean, I think that people are going to buy homes here. I yeah. think who live work there are going to buy homes in Essex and Manchester and Gloucester and and Rockport even, you know, or or they're going to be around. I think that the employees are going to shop downtown. They're going to eat downtown, mm-hmm. have cocktails after work downtown. Right. Um, I think their kids are going to go to our schools. Um, our current kids might be able to get internships there. Absolutely. And I think what most people are thinking of also is they will be a significant revenue addition to the town. Yes. Uh, when we've got a lot of capital expenditures we're looking at over the next five, 10 years, for everything from Essex Elementary School as part of our district right. um, to, you know, water and sewer to, you know, a new public safety building, a new DPW, you know, like just right. the, li- and then water, the water treatment plant. Right. I think I just named like some pretty major ones. Yeah. I think I named most of the major ones that I can think of. I mean, that's it. And that's yeah. a lot. You're talking about big, big capital obligations. No, oh, it seems like a great way to sort of grow. I know that's not sexy, and... but capital yeah. obligations, <laughs> you know, that's what but gets that's me the going. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right, great. Well, it was wonderful to read about. And again, sort of on the periphery, though, I can't see why this isn't a great thing. I mean, you talk about just a godsend, just a great company making great products. I mean, we, by the way, way, yeah, exactly. We We never even said what they do. They make, they develop antibodies and kits and they've, you know, for the world and they've supplied them to 160 countries around the world. They're essentially the global leader in this stuff. It's like really amazing. Yeah. They gave us all of these wonderful statistics. They supply the largest proportion of the top 100 antibodies used in peer-reviewed research. And then some of these sort of crazy statistics, like every eight minutes, a self-signaling technology product is cited in a scientific research paper. Yeah. So it's like really rarefied air for a world that 99% of us are just not, we have no reason to ever be familiar with. And yet 99% of us, it touches us. Agreed. So... This is going to be touching us very. And the one percent <laughs> should be touched by antibodies and like science and research and progress. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. they're a part of something that nobody understands and yet impacts. Tremendous, you know. Anyway. Yes, there you I go. agree. So yay. Okay, good. Well, we will look forward to continuing. That was. It seems like everyone's I find very it pregnant interesting. with this. I mean, yeah, exactly. Oh, and by the way, I should say the final thing, which is they will be approaching the boards formally okay. in April. Ah, that's what they said. So. I mean, you know, you got to give them wiggle time. I mean, and, and but they will be approaching the boards for, for you know to get permit permitting to start the permitting process. My guess is it'll take at least a year, okay. maybe not. I don't know. Whatever, whatever. That's what they think too. I think okay. at least that's what their their timeline indicated. And um, that's when we're going to actually see the real designs. Okay, it won't be the NSA building <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good they've gotten us acclimated with that. Now we're going to be super impressed. I can't wait. Hopefully, yep. I think I predict it will be. There you go. Stunning. All right. Well, thank you. Well, actually, talking about, you mentioned 
being sometimes when you're pushed a little uncomfortable with things, which I think is a great way to jump into. We have Jen Coles at home now. Oh my this gosh, week. that's so funny that you're going to say that. <laughs> with with a funny sort of time, get cooking with bold colors. But what Jen introduced is something that I actually really like: is this idea of working with not just bold colors, but like dark colors, like the concept of the black kitchen, which I think is outstanding. It may be, you may be a little uncomfortable with it, but I think it's a wonderful way to go. So Jen just walked us through taking some sort of chances and pushing yourself a little in terms of your color choices in your home. I'm shocked that you, I'm shocked that you have not like mentioned this. I have a black kitchen. Okay, well, you know, I didn't know if you wanted. I didn't know if you wanted people to know. Erica, Erica, actually, <laughs> since we're going there, Erica has the coolest house oh, God. in Manchester that I've been in so far. And not only does she have a black kitchen, some of her utensils are in old, like the the yeah, mechanical drawers, craftsman tool drawers. So she's yeah. that cool. Folks. Yeah. Oh so my gosh, it's not cool, but but we yes. have soapstone and black, and oh, and I will tell awesome. you, and also our. Um, my cabinet system, for lack of a better word, is soldered um, uh, escape. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, oh my gosh, why am I like? I don't know. Um, what it's you know the the, the metal the, the grid yeah the middle oh, the metal oh, grid it's from that, um, um, yeah it's the <laughs> <laughs> welcome to menopause. escape. <laughs> we can't think of the word. It's I don't know what it's called, but it's um. Oh, it's not coordinated. Fire escape grating. It's, Thank okay. you very much. Oh, yeah. Like Why did it take me so long to say that phrase? Sky, fire escape. <laughs> it's fire escape grating, you know, for, yes, you know, exterior fire escapes. Um, it's that kind of gritted right. flooring. Right. That is essentially our cabinet, right. um, you know, structures. So those are black too. Yes. So with mahogany shelves. So, so it's black. And so a lot of black. And I will tell you, black is very soothing. And it's, I would it's agree. also very, very neutral in a comforting, cozy way. Yeah. You feel so And I think she talks about that. She which does. Is interesting. And it's very cool. That yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. Why I did think... it take me like five minutes to come up? Because that, <laughs> that happens to me every day. I don't know why you're I surprised. I had a brain cramp. Yeah. But um, one thing that I just heard actually this morning on a, a, another radio show that was kind of interesting is, and this shows what... Jen, I think, was talking about, which is the pendulum always swings in design from one way to another. Right. And people are the tapping out on white kitchens, kitchen. you know, sort of white, 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 yeah. white on white on white. Right. And one of the references I saw is that somebody referred to that as saying, it's very bathroom-like, white. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's why it shouldn't be in your kitchen. And by the but way- Like you shouldn't eat in your bathroom. <laughs> that, that, that I happened to listen to that show, and it just shows that Jen Coles is really kind of on something that's happening right now in home design. And I thought that was really it would see. So we're grateful for her because. So are you going to paint your? To are you going to do black in your next kitchen? <laughs> I don't know. I could. I've had a. I've had a dark red, like a deep red kitchen before, and it was a rental in San Francisco. I can't say it was soothing, but it was definitely fun. I could totally I go it. black. My problem is I would probably do everything in that, like not only black, but she talks about different blacks, and mm-hmm. there's that like yeah. that deep blue black, yes. that like navy black, and Farron Ball used to have a color called like blue black, I think. Yeah. I yeah. could swim in it. So fantastic. Um, well, great. So I don't know. We might be almost out of time. I think we have to make a call between 
bladder stones in dogs and cats or local <laughs> artist Ali the Castro. A, all right, we have I a, don't know what you want to talk right, about. We, we have a joke in, in the office, and oh my gosh, I feel badly. Oh, but I so what? Know. We're gonna come out with it. We have a joke where yeah, we have dear. a column, Pets and People, mm-hmm. by Larry Lamb, yes. who is an incredible veterinarian. <laughs> well, no, he actually talks about things that really pet important. lovers are important for people who have pets, and pets are, you know. And by the way, the things he talks about are incredibly valuable because it's medical grade advice, advice in a newspaper. So what, you don't need to go and visit him for like $400 to get this. So totally. So and let's, very detailed let's start and, there okay, before yes, we say before we, that we laugh about we some of the topics are like, oh my God, how do, you know, any, everything from anal sacs to what is it this week? This week, the sentence, I, I can't believe it's we're doing stones. this. The urine may have a strong odor and may have <laughs> mucus or blood in it. There's always something. Yeah. So we usually <laughs> call it out during proofing like, oh, there it there is. We, there it is. Right? So It's the delight of our yes, proofing day. Yes. So having said that, so we are grateful and thank you if you would like to. There's let's, so let's much information. More, <laughs> more, <laughs> we can't. On a more palatable note. Right. On a more palatable note. So uh, moving on, we have local artist Ali Nicastro. Yeah. I mean, I have to ask, is this associated with Nicastro's driving school? I don't know. That's my guess. My guess is, is yes, school. but... I'm um, yes, not saying it is. But I don't know that. But her work is going to be at the Bank of Gloucester. And I have to say... It's awesome. There are a couple, look at the paper. There are a couple of her paintings that came out beautifully in the paper. You can yeah. see them. She is great. So, well, it's, it's sort of a trigger for a lot of the, you know, the creative kind of options, the, the exhibits and the art colony things that are going on now around the 400th, 400 plus oh, right. um, kind of anniversary for the city of Gloucester, America's oldest seaport. Yes. Which is true. Um, they're celebrating their 400th and they put the plus on there because of course, Gloucester wasn't Gloucester, you know, there's, there was life before Gloucester. Right. So they want to celebrate that too. Indigenous people, first peoples, but Rocky Neck Art Col- Colony has some incredible things going on. I believe at the end of this month, there's going to be an opening for um, some really great local artists, which is extremely robust. They do this every year, but it's what I'm finding is that all the kind of uh, events that happen typically every year in Gloucester this Mm -hmm. year are all plus. They're all supersized because they're all leaning into it because of this. So truly all the things that you go, oh my gosh, I went to the Rocky Neck Art Colony, you know, exhibit, which runs for about six weeks and they have an opening party, I think next week or something like that. But uh, you got to look it up. I'm sure I'm I'm, I'm wrong, but I think it's, I think I'm right. But I do know that it's open now and it's open for the next six weeks and it's really extra. Everything is extra as the kids like to say. Um, and, like and there's a lot of really great art things happening right now. And then, um, you know, one thing I'll, I'll say is just cause I, it's not happening for a really long time, but the schooner festival, which happens in the summertime, I think it's August this year is going to be, I, I just heard, it's going to be about five times as large as it usually is. And it's usually spectacular. It's oh, going to be spectacular on top of spectacular. So, you know, right. that's going to be, I, I would recommend anybody to kind of tune into Gloucester and what's going on. Definitely. Well, there'll hopefully be some calendars and yeah. some event guides that and we can turn to. And of course, the Castro to. too. Got to get up to, you know. <laughs> Definitely. Bank Gloucester. Yeah. And it'll be easy to get out because it's 60 degrees outside. No, we're it's, having such a great year. I'm in sandals. Let yeah. it be known. <laughs> you are. In February. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Erica. As always, so much fun. We'll do it again next week. I think this was really very packed. Packed, illuminating, awesome. All right. Till next time, honey. See you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidecar.
To hear more Cape Ann stories like these, subscribe to the Sidecar Podcast from thecricket.com on your favorite podcasting platform.